not your normal paranormal. Normal is an illusion. What is normal for the spider is chaos for the fly. Come with us on a journey where the cold creeps up on you, where the shadows are larger than life, where you'll lose your courage and possibly your mind. And you like it like that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Not Your Normal Paranormal Podcast. Please note that while we cover our topics in a lighthearted way, our podcast contains graphic and explicit content throughout. Listener discretion is always advised. Hey y'all, welcome back to Not Your Normal Paranormal. I'm Kylie. I'm Robin. I'm Kat. And today we have a very special guest. Hi, I'm Casey. <laughs> and we're still a family. <laughs> and we're still weird. And some days we like it like that more than others. <laughs> okay. So this week we're kicking off with Irish cryptids. Yay! We love Ireland. But today we are using the Fairy Tarot by Doreen Virtue. And they are beautiful. Oh, I didn't know she did the Fairy deck. She did the Angel deck. I have her, I have her Angel deck. God, I... Decks. And then she decided that she's against using the cards. What? So she denounced this whole everything. Well, did she denounce the money? I don't think so. No. That makes me upset. So what did we, what did our, um, today did we, we get? got the Princess of Autumn. I like these cards because they give you what. The Princess of Autumn. They give you what, they got writing on the front, you'll see it. If I remember to post it on social media when we drop this episode, because I've been forgetting to post our tarot cards, and that's mainly because we're recording them out of sequence, and I don't remember what goes where. <laughs> You're supposed to mark it. So, I've seen Robin started writing them down on our notes for the podcast, um, but we got the Princess of Autumn. She Which is nice, for, because it's been springtime around here lately. <laughs> it means it's going to get cold. Um, she represents studious, responsible, cheerful, and mischievous. Um, the Several of those represent us. Happy news about your career, promotions, or scholarships. Well thought out plans that go perfectly, needing a little push to get going. And she's basically standing in, an, in a, well, she's floating in a library with books floating around her. Um, it's a pretty card. The whole deck is really she's pretty. She's floating in a library. Oh, she's like a ghost. Well, she's no, a she's a fairy. Fairy. Actually, she would be um, fine. Listen, uh, she lost me a minute ago. So the princess of autumn says you can never know too much. Isn't that the truth? The optimist, this optimistic and happy young lady, simply loves to learn. She's charming and reliable, upbeat, and so very clever. She does have a bit of mis of a mischievous streak running through her, so you might want to keep an eye out for that. Besides being an absolute joy to be around, she's also responsible and wise beyond her years. Did we mention that she loves to learn? This gal yeah. can be the perpetual student, taking longer than usual to get out into the real world. She may also think oh, things through way too long before acting. But when she does move into action, everything will go perfectly. The Ace of Autumn has grown up, and the book, that were closed on her before are now open. The knowledge she has gained has provided the abundance accumulating on the desk. Um, additional meetings, time to go back to school, studying research, seminars, 
or courses, good news about finances, or needing a push to get started working your way up the ladder. So, I mean, we are working our way up the ladder. And listen, good news about my finances. Hello, sailor. We're getting more into studying our topics. Definitely. Well, we're always down with learning more. I <clears throat> yeah, I like to learn Anybody more. who listens to this podcast knows that I say ad nauseum. I just love to learn. <laughs> yeah. These cards are and all you guys really, too. Those are pretty. Really beautiful. I like the colors. Like, uh, I wish we'd have got a purple one. I love the Hermit of this deck. I uh, yeah. feel that. She don't look as sneaky as the Hermit on the... She looks, um, wise. she looks like a <laughs> yeah. wise leader. We get the hermit so much. <clears throat> or we did in 2019, but not in 2020. <laughs> Sorry, I think I'm the hermit. <laughs> like Casey, or, yeah, Casey might this get the one hermit. This one reminds me of a um, Link video game, just the way that yeah, the way, they yeah. look very animated. Zelda. Yeah, whatever. Legend of Zelda. No, if you're going to quote video games. I didn't quote it. I said it looks If different. you're going to name video games. Oh, these cards are way more prettier than others. They're pretty, though. I like the colors. Ooh, I like the light in this one. This was my first, the first one that I bought, the first deck I bought, because Robin gave me my traditional. Didn't Nana give you an angel deck? No, then I gave more. And I thought she gave each of you an angel. They got red or white. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which is fine. I love <laughs> Which it. I use that deck. religiously. Like, that's my favorite deck. <laughs> I'd like to learn to start using more than one at a time. I'd like to be more It's not hard to do that. You just have to be open to the flow of it. Because, like, when I do readings, I'll be like, okay, well, I feel like this deck is going to answer this specific part of the question. And this deck's going to answer this specific part of the question. And... I mean, so far my feedback in the groups that were on Facebook have been really good. And people are like, well, maybe you should go live one day. And I'm like, I wish you could see her face. Oh, my gosh. Somebody should have taken a picture of that. So I guess I was another another cartoon. (laughs) I'm very animated. (laughs) (laughs) Am I kicking off? You are. Robin is kicking off. I am Um, kicking off. <laughs> so I am kicking things off with hungry grass. What? Hungry grass? Huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> hungry, hungry hung grass. <laughs> An Irish cryptid called hungry grass. <clears throat> yes, ma'am. Uh, okay, I can't wait to hear. <laughs> it's not much. I couldn't really find anything. I was gonna do the dire wolves. But yeah, yeah, I wanted you to do the dire wolves. So did I. I wanted to, but everything just relates back to Game of Thrones and oh, the dire You're not typing in the same thing. Then you Game of Thrones. Yeah, I typed in dire di- dire shit. You wouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> so um, I just ended up going with hungry grass because everything related back to Game of Thrones. <laughs> hungry, hungry, hungry grass, grass is just <laughs> killing me. <laughs> oh my gosh! What? Don't be looking it up. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> what are you doing? I was looking up Irish cryptid dire wolves because there's a lot of stuff that comes up if you put Irish cryptid in before you put in dire wolves. Okay, go. <laughs> Tell me about the hungry grass. So hungry grass, and I do have the iris for it, but let's just, I'm, I don't want to butcher it. I like listening to Irish people too much to try to imitate them myself. Oh my gosh, I love listening. To them. <laughs> so this 
part comes from Wikipedia, which, you know, take what you can with a grain of salt. I was curious to say, take what you can, take it with a grain of salt. So, in Irish mythology, hungry grass, also known as fairy grass, is a patch of cursed grass. Anyone walking on it was doomed to perpetual and insatiable hunger. What? Harvey, and I put in question marks, who is this? Because <laughs> it never says. Is this a rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> Harvey suggests that the hungry grass is cursed by the proximity of an unshivering corpse. Uh, what? An unshivering, U-N-S-H-R-I-V-E-N. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, it's not. The dogs are working. I know. <clears throat> I'm just trying to listen. There was an R in there, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, by the proximity of an unshivering corpse, or maybe a leprechaun. William Carlton's stories indeed suggest that fairies plant the hungry grass. According to Harvey, again, who is he? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> who is Harvey? Hey, Harvey. This myth may relate to beliefs formed in the Irish potato famine of the 1840s, actually cursed by fungi. In Margaret, uh, let's see, Margaret Douglas' okay. letters, the phrase hungry grass is by analogy to the myth used to describe the, to describe hunger pains. An alternate version of the Hungry Grass story relates to anyone walking through it is struck by temporary hunger. To safely cross through... Oh, it's temporary. Okay. To safely cross through, one must carry a bit of food to eat along the way, such as a sandwich or several crackers and maybe some beer. <laughs> but I'm always, like, hungry, so... You walk across the super grass. Hungry. I just want to interject here because this is, this is how I roll. Okay, so know. just that first little part I mentioned was from Wiki. The other is from the cryptid no. Wiki. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good because I'm interrupting I just want to you. specify. Because she said unshriven, shriven, <laughs> unshriven, and I was like, mm, what? It means not having confessed sins and been absolved. So um, the Irish potato famine, or great hunger, was a disease that made the hungry grass debatable whether or not it was real or just a superstition. <laughs> Okay. Our special guest decided Robin needed background music. What was that? Snapchat. Okay, or she just went in to play with Snapchat and Robin's story. Go, Robin. Sorry, my daughter. Snapchat. Oh, let's see. The Irish potato famine or the Great Hunger was a disease that made the hungry grass debatable whether or not it was real or just a superstition. People thought the hungry grass just doesn't eat people. It, it eats crops, too. It wasn't always Wait, thought. what? Crops. It eats crops. The grass eats people? Yeah. Why did I miss that? We haven't quite got there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Loki objects, too, because you're just throwing in there that the hungry... You're like, the grass makes people hungry, and you're like, okay... <laughs> That's cool. Kylie's hungry all the time. And now you're like, okay, the grass also eats crops as well as people. What? People thought the hungry grass just, the translations in here are sometimes atrocious. So, okay. Like the people thought the hungry grass just doesn't eat people. Okay. It eats crops too. 
It wasn't always called hungry grass. People thought that a spirit of a man was in, in fact eating people. So that's where that kind of comes from. Not just the grass itself, but the, the, the spirit. Okay, so just to be clear, the grass is inhabited by a dead man spirit. It's <laughs> <Dead> people. <laughs> the word fear in Irish translates to both man and grass. The word fear? Yes. It's spelled with the... Uh, um, the doohickey on top. With an accent? She's really with the doohickey on top. With an accent on top. With the doohickey. Okay. So... Fear in that? Irish means either man or grass. <laughs> so hungry man came to be because they feared him. It was said that if you give relief to hungry man, you will enjoy unfailing prosperity even during the worst periods of famine and death. Well, how do you give movie? relief? Are you giving? <laughs> 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 Kylie and I both went to the same place. What kind of relief does he mean? Food. <laughs> Well, he's hungry and he wants beer. But he eats people. And Who are you feeding? <laughs> well, so me and Robin and Kylie and Casey are going to go for a walk in the woods. And because Casey used Snapchat during Robin's story, we're going to offer Casey to man so he so it appeases him and he doesn't eat us. Is that how that goes? I'm pretty sure I could probably get away. I've seen you run. You can't. Yeah, I run. <laughs> <laughs> Although you'll all outrun me. <laughs> Nobody knew what the hungry man looked like, but well, that's the thing. Hold on, hold on. That's but the he's thing. a spirit. But that's the thing. I don't have to outrun him. I have to outrun you. <laughs> that's not necessarily true because being able to outrun me is one thing, but if we both know he's coming, bitch, I'm tripping you. <laughs> not if I outrun. You can't trip me no, up. She's going to throw rocks at you. She'll just throw rocks at you. Oh, dude, I'm about to rock off your head from 500 feet away. Yes, but we're a family. <laughs> Nobody knew what the hungry man looked like, but visitations to Ireland may have given him an appearance. It makes no sense to me. It's what it said, okay? This is that I hate. They have given I hate how friends. I can't see what you're reading. She'll sit here and she'll go. Hey, look, could you leave me alone? I'm trying to read my own notes. Robin's holding her book up in front of her face now, people. It's driving Kylie nuts. Okay, the visitations. After this. Gave him a face. After this, Maxwell, who I also don't know at this point. <laughs> So Harvey and Maxwell, <laughs> that we have no idea who they are. All right. After this, Maxwell, who wrote Wild Sports of the West. Oh, there you, there you go. <coughs> made an assumption and called Sorry. this famine hungry disease. That was made by fairies or was grown over by a corpse. Wait, what? <laughs> Zombie grass? Well, they, she said, and I'm sure she the made the assumption and called this famine hungry disease. That was made by fairies or grown over by a corpse. Zombagrass. Okay, if the corpses are growing shit in Ireland, there's a problem. We have a situation. <clears throat> Hungry grass was eventually what it was really called. But certain grass, because certain grass you stepped on made you faint and, and kill over. This happened <laughs> to many farmers and fishermen. <laughs> So we're going to faint and kill over or be eaten. <laughs> now, when you faint and kill over, that's when you're going to get eaten because the hungry guys. 
<laughs> and then you're going to be an unshriven corpse. <laughs> so the next little bit comes about Hungry Hill. Is Maxwell or Harvey in it? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is Hungry Hill? What? Well, you're about to learn. Everything. I, I learn think somebody today. wrote this during the potato famine <laughs> and everybody was hungry. So everything was hungry. Sorry, Ireland. I'm not making fun of you, but really. No, Hungry Hill. Potatoes. We mm. love our potatoes. We do. <laughs> potatoes are no joke in the South, baby. Some have said that Hungry Hill is where hungry grass has originated from. The first person that ventured on the hill were. were <laughs> <laughs> it should say people because it's were. It says the first person that ventured on the hill were never seen again. The first people who ventured on the hill were never seen again. Yes. People were afraid to even go by the hill. Nevertheless, someone else eventually got to go up on the hill and lived. Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure eventually someone would go back up on that hill. And how do we know the grass killed him? How do we know he didn't travel up there with somebody? I'm just reading I know, I'm just well, saying. The person who traveled go. up there with killed him was like, hey, y'all, you're not going to believe me. <laughs> so that hill is hungry. Like I said, eventually someone else got to go up on the hill and lived. Okay, does it tell me how the hungry grass came from the hungry hill? Or are you just going to leave me hanging? I'm just going to leave you hanging. That's some bullshit, Robin. <laughs> A young fisherman that came to Ireland wanted to fish there, and the ocean was behind Hungry Hill. So, I mean, he wants to fish in that's the ocean, a big ass, hill. That's a big-ass hill if it takes up the whole ocean. <laughs> like, I can't get to the ocean unless I go over this hill. So, in the morning, the fisherman forgot to eat breakfast, so he thought he would eat it on the way to the ocean. He brought an apple and a sandwich for lunch. <laughs> get his ass eaten. He's going to sit down and have his lunch. He's going to get eaten by the grass. But he has his lunch. He's going to eat it. <laughs> He's going to eat it. He got the apple out and started eating it. As he got to the hill, people started yelling not to go up onto the hill, but he didn't listen. Yeah, so wait, don't do stop. that. That's a really bad uh -oh, idea. Stop. So <laughs> there's a bunch of people standing at the bottom of the hill, just like, don't go here. Don't, don't go. I don't care what time of day it is. People are at the bottom of the hill going, brother, don't go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> As he was climbing, the grass on the hill wiggled almost Wiggled almost shake-like. What? <laughs> <laughs> the grass is wiggling shake-like. You gotta like the stories I get, don't you? I, somebody was drunk. That's all I'm saying. Somebody was drunk when they wrote the And story. wrapped around him. Like a snake. Not a shake. It was a snake. <laughs> no, wait. That's, what does that it's a you shake. Said, you said it wiggled like a shake. <laughs> it's wiggling like a snake. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is the He was still eating, and every time he took a bite, it would fall off him. What? Wait, what? Okay, so the snake-like grass is wrapped around him. But he's still eating. He's like, brother, I don't care because I'm hungry. And every time he took a bite, the grass was like, oh, my God, he's eating, so I can't eat him. <laughs> when he got to the shore, other fishermen told him that the hill was said to kill people. He then put two and two together and came to the conclusion... <laughs> God, he was stupid. Oh, what, what the hell happened to the grass? What happened? Wait, 
What happened to the shake like grass that was trying to eat him? I was going to make a crack and say he put two and two together and got four. <laughs> my God. Oh my okay. God. So he then put two and two together and came to the conclusion that if you ate while on the grass, you wouldn't fall ill. The fairies were furious and dis dis desisted. I don't. D I S I S T E D. Assistant. Assisted to plant hungry grass everywhere. Some people brought food with Should them. Should be decided, shouldn't it? Should be decided. <clears throat> Some people brought food with them wherever they went. Others were skeptic and eventually fell to their doom. The famine. Oh, the skeptics died. The famine <coughs> had eventually Sorry. stopped when people built a wall around Hungry Hill. If the hill. Now people well, don't have to stand on there waving all day. Hey, don't go up here. If the, if the wall was to ever fall, to ever fail. Ever fall, that's fine. Fail, I know, but it's if wrong. If the wall was to ever fail, the hungry grass may come back again. Well, the, the wall's going to fall. It's fell at some point. There you go. I don't hungry like grass. it. I don't like anything about it. I don't like it. First of all, it says the hungry grass. People think the hungry grass came from the hungry hill. And I'm like, oh. Hey, somebody, dude, don't go up here. I'm going to go anyway. Somebody, <laughs> oh, wait, I ate somebody like dug up part of the ground and took it. And the hungry grass came off the hungry hill. But no. No. It's just like there was a hungry hill. And, oh, if you walk on this patch of grass, yes, it's going to get eaten. So this is hungry grass now. But if you eat while you're going across the grass, you're fine. Bitch, I'd be eating all day anyway. I'd be like, <laughs> be like I'm not taking chances. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to shake like grass. <laughs> and that's a cryptid. The grass people. The grass is a cryptid. You thought children of the corn was bad? Shake like grass is gonna get you. <laughs> okay, now that I've done making fun of Robin for the moment, I'm going to read um, my notes, and then Robin can make fun of me. Next. I'm going next. She's last. I thought Carly was going last. You can keep next. saying it, but what you thought? <laughs> you just told me she was what? going. No, I. You just told me she's going next. Kyla, what I tell you? <laughs> you said you're going second. I thought I just said you're going last. Okay, well, Kylie's no, going. No, no, you no. go, Kylie. No, you're already ready to go. And I'm mad <laughs> <I'm bad> now. <laughs> I'm mad. Go. Because <laughs> I know what I said. It's in the playback. <laughs> yeah, I'll play it back. Go ahead. Shake like grass. <laughs> You didn't say it loud enough in here. <coughs> well, I didn't. I kind of pointed it out. I went, you said you go next. No, I'm still bad. I'm not going to go. Anyway. <laughs> Nobody's going to trust what you heard. <laughs> you wait till those walls fell. <laughs> All right. So my Irish cryptid is a puka. <laughs> Just saying the name. And I get to say puka like 500 times in the story. So gear up. Because I thought, I read it, and I was like, oh, it's like an Irish Pooh Bear. No, it's not. Don't call it that. <laughs> okay, so the name Puka, and I'm literally, I'm going to read this to you, even though the words sound exactly the same. They're just spelled different. The name Puka, P-O-O-K-A, is derived from the old Irish word Puka, P-U, with accent. One of those little thingy-majigs, everything, C-A, Puka. No, I called it a doohickey. A doohickey. In one article, it stated... That it meant goblin, which it doesn't. I don't know why that article said that. Um, but in another, it said it meant spirit or ghost, which is what I saw most. So I'm going with that. If I'm wrong, feel free to call me out on social media because Kylie reads it. 
<laughs> There's also um, theories that it derives from the Scandinavian word pook, meaning nature spirit, <clears throat> which I tend to believe. So I'm going to assume this has no relation to the Hulu movie that takes place around Christmas time called Poop because it looks like Freddy Fazbear. <laughs> well, it could. It actually could. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> it says Puka can be either benevolent or malevolent. Can't we all? Um, depending on where in Ireland you are, some are respected while others are feared. It is said that old people used to um, take counsel from the wisdom of the Puka at the tops of hills or high places. In those times, the Puka was more numerous than today. And I put sad parentheses because the Puka sound fun. And farmers would have a portion of their, would leave, have, oh my God, I'm reading like Robin, would leave a port, that's just my poor handwriting, no, leave a portion of their crops out Our for the Puka. bad too. I, no, did you hear some of that? Some of that was like, somebody was drunk She's right left now. the apple bad for her. Oh, rude. <laughs> Now you offended all of our listeners, all of our many, many listeners. I'm just saying, it's hard to write left-handed. How many listeners do we have? Don't tell me now. Anyway, <clears throat> the puka is believed to belong to the fey race and is known for reasons I'm not quite sure of, honestly. Like, seriously. I'm talking about this makes me want to read um, that fey series again. It's a book that takes place about the fey. Who wrote it? Um, I don't remember. I think it was Anya Bass. Well, you should read it. <gasps> I used to own them. <laughs> Let's don't get into that. <clears throat> anyway, the puka... Just skip to here. <laughs> the puka is believed to belong to the fae race and is known, for reasons I'm not quite sure of, as the most feared fairy in Ireland. The most feared fairy. Now, if you know anything about fairies in Ireland, and then you hear the stories I'm going to tell you about the puka, you're going to be like, What? Based on all the notes that I've done, like our future episode for St. Patrick's Day, from what I gather, most of everything is considered fae. So everything's called okay. a fairy. Okay, but this is the most feared puka, or the most feared puka. <laughs> the most feared fairy in Ireland, I don't know. The puka have the ability to shapeshift, which is super cool. Because we were talking about doing an episode of shapeshift with some, like, puka. Done. <laughs> but they can they can become anything. They become anything they choose. You know how they talk about shape shifting and, and people get all like scientific and they're like, no, because you know, if your if your mass is this big, you can't shape shift into something that's way bigger than you or way smaller than you. Yeah, okay, tell that to the puka because they can be anything they freaking want to be. <laughs> um and I put that well, I wrote it nicer. Can be anything they choose. Um it is seen as a horse, a rabbit, a goat, a raging bull, a huge dog, a goblin, an old man, a young handsome man or a lovely young woman, sometimes with the tail or hoofs, because, you know, sexy. Traditionally, a puka is seen as a dark, sleek, wild horse wrapped in chains with a long flowing mane and luminescent golden or crimson eyes, gold or red, don't know. No matter what form the puka take, um, its fur hair is almost always dark. An important thing to note is that um, puka, no matter what shape it chooses, it has the ability of human speech. So no matter what it chooses to be, it can talk to you, and oh my God, does it like to talk. 
Um, and from all accounts, they love to talk. See, I just need to stop and just read my notes. Uh, beware when speaking to one, however, as they love to make sport of humans. They're known to lie and embellish the truth because humans never do that. We never lie or embellish the truth, although the Pooka are really good at it. Um, I already said that. The Pooka take different forms in different parts of Ireland. In County Down, the Pooka is a wizened little hobgoblin who shows up at people's homes demanding the share of the hobgoblin. Oh, my God. Oh my God. We are not going to Golan. It's a hobgoblin. <laughs> you better behave or I'm going to do Golem. Hobgoblin's cool. I'm just telling you. No. no, he's a bad guy. Oh, he likes to steal a lot of stuff most of the time. But he's the king of his metal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I just like a whole bunch. I don't have Nickelodeon. Yeah. <laughs> I always like Gina Dot. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it demanded its share of the crops. In County Laos, oh it is a <laughs> terrifying, shadowy phantom um, chasing after lone travelers after the sun had set. In Waterford, Waterford and Wexford, the puka appears as an eagle with a huge wingspan, and in Ross Common, as a black goat. So he's a little bit of everything. He's everything. Everywhere. Yeah. Just chase you where he goes. Hungry grass. From, from one, I'm, I don't think he's hungry grass. <laughs> no, he's going to chase you into the hungry grass. I don't know why he would do that. See, they say he's bad, but I don't hear a lot of he's bad. Um, the puka has counterparts throughout the uh, Celtic cultures of Northwest Europe. In Welsh mythology, it is named Puka or Puka. It's P-W-K-A. I'm not kidding. Um, in Cornish, the Buka. In the Channel Islands, the Puke were fairies who lived near ancient stones. And in uh, Channel Islands, French... I have no idea what that is. French of Cromlin is referred to as a Pukele. Puka are found in any rural location. They like open mountainous areas so that they can run free while they're in horse form. Many small mountainous lakes and springs I mean, in Ireland are called puka pools. Or pula puka, which means um, puka or demon hole. Some are found at the sources of major Irish cities, such as the Liffey that runs through Dublin City. Or the River Ban, which is the longest river in Northern Ireland, and I probably said it wrong, that runs through Celery. What are you singing? Pocahontas. Oh, my God. <laughs> During the Christianization of Ireland, when the church was working to convert all paganism to Christianity, some of the puka poles were renamed to St. Patrick's Wells. Puka poles? Pools. Oh. Puka poles. <laughs> I just read about them if you were paying attention. Hopefully you people at home are because people around the table never listen to me when I read. I'm interacting. I just thought you're it, singing Pocahontas. I listened. I heard River Band. <laughs> it was the River Band. <laughs> it's the name of the river, not just around the River Bend. Anyway, there are many tales of the Puka in Ireland. Although they are the most feared fairy in Ireland for whatever reason. There are many tales that, that I've found that um, talk about a puka actually doing real harm to a human. And I literally wrote this. Side note here to say I did read the puka are strong enough to push a man off a cliff and to crush his bones by stomping. I also read there are stories of the puka as flesh eaters or vampires. 
I can't find any story. I cannot find a single story. <laughs> You've read that there are stories, but yes. you can't find stories. No, and I looked. You know me. <laughs> if I read something that says there are stories of the puka as a vampire or a flesh eater, I'm like, wait, what? And I start digging. Go ahead and look, because I can't find anything about it. And I can't find them, like, pushing people off cliffs or crushing their bones. <laughs> I looked. <laughs> Um, the Puka are tricksters. They are known to be mischievous. Hey, didn't we get that in our card? And yeah. occasionally destructive. They are destructive. They're like gremlins. <laughs> 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 the most, um, and that's prevalent. The most prevalent story is of the Midnight Ride or Drunken Horse Ride. While in horse form, the puka like to run up and down. Uh, Was a, the baby staring too? <laughs> in horse form, late at night, the puka like to run up and down um, the roads looking for an Irishman who uh, has had a little too much to drink. I didn't even know if I was looking for an Irishman. <laughs> has had a little too much to drink. So I you can so Monty, you're back. Anyway. Uh, no. Hush. <laughs> They're making their bleary way home from the from the pub. Should the inebriated person take the puka up on their offer, and pukas do not like to take no for an answer, um, they are then taken on the wildest, most terrifying ride of their life. <laughs> Shut up. I know where your mind just went. Would you let me read my Irish cryptid thing? <laughs> you just let me read mine. I did too. I listened to everything you said. And I responded on it, which you'll see when you edit this. Um, the Puka like to show off their uh, great prowess by jumping hedges and rocks and running through rivers and around trees and up and down scary. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. When the ride is over, they like throw the rider off. They usually land in a bog or something. None the worse for wear and having to make their way home like probably farther from where they came from. <laughs> but the Kelpies try to, it does say, it actually does mention that they're, they're similar to the Kelpies, except they don't try to kill people like the Kelpies do. And the Kelpies are like, get on my back and let me drown you, like La Llorona. You got a lot of drowning going on in your story. <laughs> Did I know the Kelpies? Oh, yeah. Duh. <laughs> All riders are thrown from the horse's back when the poop is ready to be done. The only person ever to ride. I'm done. Get off. Yeah. Go, go. I was like, are you scared enough? <laughs> done with you. Um, the only person to ever successfully ride a puka until they were done. Like, the puka was like, get off my back. And he's like, mm, no, not until I say. Is, um, and I'm going to say it wrong because of my writing. It says Brian Verona. I can't read his last name. Mc. Sarig. Anyway, he's the King of Ireland, the High King of Ireland. King Brian is known for fighting the Vikings and ruled from 941 to 1014. He was known as a very courageous man, um, and he was able to ride the puka with a special bridle he had made that had uh, three hairs from the puka's tail braided into it. And he um, basically rode the puka till. Like, the puka was ready to collapse, and he got promises from it. 
And they are, let's see, got the puka to agree to two terms. First, that the puka would never hurt Christians or mess with mesh, <laughs> mess with their properties. And second, pukas were never to assault an Irishman, except for those with wicked intentions or drunk Irishmen. <laughs> so the midnight rides can continue all you want. It says, although the puka agreed to the terms, they seem to have forgotten this promise over the years. Oh, going back to the bridal, it does remind me of the Kelpies. I remember because in that one story, the girl took the bridle and he couldn't turn back. And the one that she forced him to marry her or something? He, he wanted to marry her. After she rode him as a horse and used him as a workhorse on the farm. She kept him as a horse for a year for her father and then she gave him the bridle back. And once he got back to his human form, he still wanted to marry her. Because he's, he's stupid. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, going back to the bridle... Yeah, that's what I thought too when I read it because it said it had to have it had the reason he was able to do it was because it had three um, hairs from the puka's tail weaved into the bridle. So you have to have I'm guessing something of theirs. It doesn't necessarily have to be hair, but that would be the easiest thing to grab. Because I mean, when the kelpie was in human form, it was kind of like a, it was a necklace. But then when he goes to horse form, it's the bridle. Well, see, nobody and I. I think I get into this. At some point, because I got like two more pages, three more pages. There's a lot of pages. A lot of notes. Um, but somewhere in here it says no. Yeah, that's something different. <laughs> Dog, Loki, it's okay, buddy. Um, that nobody really knows what the puka's real form is. There are many stories of the puka being helpful. So there, giving advice or uh, warning people about some unpleasant news this usually happened in november but most stories are of the puka being mis mischievous it is said you could have an entire conversation with a puka and not know until it was over that you had spoken to a puka and the only reason you knew is because the puka never said goodbye they're like they're talking to you telling you all kinds of stories that maybe you're going to believe or not and then you're like really and you look over and they're gone they're just gone. It's kind of strange. That's like me. I'll say something. We'll be in here. I'll be talking. I, I hear somebody reply to me, and I'm already. Yeah. She comes down. She says what she wants, and then she's gone. And you turn around, and you go, what is that? What? Okay. Because she ain't I don't do it anymore. on purpose, but it happens. Yes, she does. Puka are said to join up with parties of travelers and make conversation and then begin to sow mischief within the party. What they do, like if you're traveling, even today, like if you're going as a tourist and you're traveling in Ireland, there'll be somebody in your group who just likes to talk and tell you stuff. And they'll lead you like off on your own, talking and stuff, and then you're alone because they're Tyler, gone. Are you sure you're not a <laughs> <laughs> no, there is no room at the end. I do not turn into a horse and completely. <clears throat> we, we don't know. There's no telling. Anyway, the travelers. And um, they lead them off, and then the puka fades away, and um, then the travelers are left distraught and confused. But hopefully, with the cell phone, that works. <laughs> the puka who appears um, as a goat also appears as a goat. Not, no cat. It does appear as a goat, but also a cat. The puka also appears as a cat. Sometimes the cat. It's not spelled with a K. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the cat is ugly and mean. Other times it's cute and loving, but only to lure you in. 
Puka is known to spit or defecate on wild fruits or berries to ensure they are unedible or unsafe. But how would you know if it spit on it? <laughs> or defecated on it, Kylie. <laughs> because because it's unedible. Because when you eat them, then you're going to get sick and you're going to be like, shit, literally. Because Puka is defecated, defecated on this. Well, I mean, how do you not eat them? Start. Because berries are the only thing to eat in Ireland now. <laughs> no, but I mean, like back then, way back when. It doesn't say it was way back when. It's talking about all over the place, all the time. Puka will also show up outside people's homes and call out to the people inside by name to come out for a ride. That's crazy. If you agree, you're taken on a wild ride. Um, and if you disagree, if you refuse to come outside, then the puka will wreak havoc on your home and will, like destroy your fences, scare your animals. But like we always mess keep up your saying, crops. If you hear your name and it's not a voice that you know, don't call back. Don't answer it. <laughs> don't. So. Okay, first of all, you're not in Ireland, and second of all, don't. I'm. Uh, <laughs> 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 Even if I was Ireland, stop crying. You're not helping. <laughs> it is said that the. Um, oh, it is said that the side of a puka, no special, it doesn't say a specific form, it just says the side of the puka can uh, make a cow stop giving milk and the hens stop laying eggs. So basically they're going to, they're going to mess with you. The puka like to tear down fences, trample crops, and terrify the livestock. <clears throat> there have been many reported sightings of <laughs> reported <laughs> sightings of this incumbent fairy throughout the ages. One of the most famous is when he allegedly led a pack of um, hounds into a raging torrent. During a hunt, I read this and I was going to read the story and then I was like, no, because it really made me sad. Basically what it is, is the puka joined the hunt um, as a horse. So somebody got on the puka at some point because he was just a horse, but he transformed at some point. Like he was talking to the huntsman, blah, 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 led them kind of astray and then changed into something else. Maybe one of the hounds and took off or a rabbit, probably a rabbit. And just took off and like the people are yelling to the hounds like don't chase it don't go and it literally leads them like off the cliff into the raging torrent below so all of the hounds from that hunt died and i was pissed i was like why are you fucking killing dogs are you kidding me i mean people meh. but the dogs no but it didn't hurt the people and all the dogs died not saying that i want people to die necessarily <laughs> but the dogs shouldn't have died either <clears throat> says, however mischievous and destructive the puka may be, there is a special day for them in Ireland. Yes, ma'am. It is mainly associated with Samhain, the 31st of October, November mm -hmm. the 1st. What? Salon. Whatever. Salon. Sam. Is that how you say it? Salon. Salon. Salon? Sorry, people. I'm saying everything in Irish wrong then because of Salon. It's not Salon. It's Samhain. Or... It looks like S-M-A-S-A-M-H-A-I-N. Yes, that's how it's spelled. It's Salon. And it's Salon. Okay, people in Ireland, please tell me how A is a W. Anyway, <laughs> November the 1st is considered Puka Day. It coincides with the harvest and the traditional custom of leaving a few um, 
says a few stocks behind as the puka share. That's what it's called to appease the puka and avoid his wrath. The puka, oh wait, that's the end. I want to say um, the puka has been known to assume the form of a, a gold ring or gemstone on the ground. And people find it and they're like, oh my, you know, how, look at this ring. And, yeah. And then it turns into uh, a rock or a mule. I, that's what it said. I was like, why are you wearing a, why are you wearing a mule on your hand? Get your hand out of that mule. What is going on? And that's what it says. Okay. The book in varying forms has made it into books and films. One of the most famous is Harvey. Yeah, it's Harvey. The six foot white rabbit. Um, immortalized in the film by uh, it says in a film by Jimmy Stewart it's not in a film by Jimmy Stewart it's in a film with Jimmy Stewart um, another is the infamous scene from Darby O'Gill and the Little People when the puka spooks Darby into falling down the well and he meets King Brian of the Leprechauns and well, that was weird to me because I thought it was King Brian, he was the high king of Ireland, but apparently he's also the king of leprechauns. <laughs> I guess he's the king of Ireland. He's the king of everybody in Ireland. Um, two more modern examples is the puka as a big white rabbit in Donnie Darko, encouraging Donnie to do malicious deeds that impact the people around him in both good and bad ways. Mm. No, I know what that is. Donnie Darko? You've never seen Donnie Darko? No. Oh, okay. I hope somebody out there saw Donnie Darko. It is also said the character Puck in the Shakespeare play A Midsummer Night's Dream is based on the puka. In the play, um, Puck is held bent on causing all sorts, and this is, I'm a quote in here, all sorts of grief um, for the other characters, which also turn out like some people it's bad, some people it's good. Although the pukas are mostly seen in Ireland, it is said if you have Celtic blood, no matter where you are, the puka will be watching and learning all the better to cause you trouble. And no one really knows just how many forms the puka can take. So beware. I'm saying that because all three of you have Celtic blood. You're welcome. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. It's the <laughs> mirror for your life. It's the Murphy in you. <coughs> so yay, I hope it is also got something to do with your blood. Despite my nieces being like rude. <laughs> I hope you learned something. <laughs> Not to say that I'm not rude sometimes, so they come by honestly. Did you learn anything about the puka? Yes. What did you learn? <laughs> he can know. shape shift into whatever he likes to run freely as a horse. Just around. <laughs> he can okay. He can shape shift into whatever he likes just to run freely as a horse. <laughs> yes. Not how that works, but I okay. Am. <laughs> no, okay, and what? now our special guest, Casey. My Irish cryptid is the Duarcu. It's spelled D-O-Y-A-R-C-H-U. Yay! I've never heard of it. Can't wait. Which there are like several other spellings that we came across. Yes. But there are several different mm -hmm. spellings. I'm sorry. It. Did you hear how many ways you can spell the puka? Including yeah. with the W? I wasn't going to go into that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very good. Ireland, baby. Do you need a pointer? We're not going off Harry Potter. 
Because <laughs> we're, we're in Ireland, not Hogwarts. <sighs> <laughs> you don't get it, but it was a reference to the last episode we recorded. Oh, was it? I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, you were like, take it away, Ernie. Oh, because <laughs> Robin said something and that's what I got from it. Just be prepared. The reason you need a pointer is so you can remember where your place is, because we will distract you. And you might want to mark it, because sometimes I get to talking and I move my pointer away and I'll be like, wait a minute. <laughs> where was I? <clears throat> okay, so I mainly got most of my stuff off of the unexplainedmysteries.com. And she uses legit websites. Wow. Well, I was kind of on Wikipedia, but everything seemed to collide together. Well, no, I don't like, like it was Wikipedia. the same story. The other thing is, you get too into Wikipedia. Like, I'll go down, I'll read Wikipedia, but I click on the resources because on half of my stuff that I'm reading Wikipedia for, it'll start out saying one thing and then like a couple tiers down, a completely opposite thing. So I go and look at resources. I don't ever look at Wikipedia. I like the resources. I, I open to. Uh, to research Lapuka. I use like four or five different Irish websites. What? I use like. Six websites, but then I only took notes for two websites. Every, just, just one everything that I, I found was like similar in almost every thing. No, because whatever, I always use two. Whatever, whatever, I two. One for the story. Yeah, but you read six. And, well, one of mine is based on what it is. One of them is what it is, and the other one is just stories because that's basically the best way to get my thoughts. But anyways. So the history. Oh, I can't wait to hear. Here's I'm just like on hundred grass. <laughs> the history of the Duarcu is um, they're known as the water dog, the water hound, or king otter. It's a creature of Irish folklore. It resembles both a dog and an otter, though it sometimes is described as half dog, half fish. It lives in water and has fur with protective properties. Sounds like my dog. My dog looks like half half dog, half otter. Poor Odin. <laughs> one of my dogs. One of my dogs actually. So. <laughs> Uh, there's been attacks and sightings dating all the way back to the early 18th century to the most recent one in 2000. Wait, they attack people? The yes. Little, the little dog otters? Oh. Well, there is a YouTube video that I did find, and it was kind of creepy. Oh. All she could hear. Send it to us? Right? Well, why would she want she to can, send it to us? She can send it to us later. Yeah, she can send it to us after she reads. Yeah, I'll have to refund it because it's in your history of If you YouTube. can't trust the grass in Ireland, nothing's safe. <laughs> <laughs> so the story that I found um, was basically everything that I found on all the forums that I was looking at. And it's from the 1800s. Cool. So We like the 1800s. It's quite a long story. We like long stories, too, especially ones we can interrupt. <laughs> but there, I should be able to pronounce all the names and words. Hey, yay! <laughs> well, listen, I couldn't even pronounce that one, so <laughs> yeah, it looks like Sam. Hey, Greg Kylie couldn't either until I told her. That's because that. I was watching Supernatural, and that's what Sam called it. Okay, okay. she's loud. You don't have to get loud. Well, I just read it. Listen, I read it as an American. I did. I could have looked it up, and oh, I yeah. should have if I thought I couldn't. English is our first language. <laughs> well, American, American <laughs> English is our, is our first language. So I was going to say that a minute ago. I don't mean to interrupt you. Hold your spot, but you said something. One of you guys said, "I love to hear an Irishman talk," and I was thinking in my head, 
nobody in the world ever says, boy, I'd love to hear an American talk. <laughs> They're like, man, I wish those Americans would shut up. <laughs> so it starts out, a headstone found in Conwall Cemetery in Glenalg County. Oh, I don't even know that pronunciation. I can't see it. Sorry. I have to turn my... <laughs> Litron? Litron? So, the headstone found in Conwall Cemetery in Glenald County, Litron, depicts, depicts. depicts the... Duarku and is related to a tale of an attack on a local woman by the creature. The stone is claimed to be the headstone of a grave of a woman killed by the Duarku in the 17th century. Her name was supposedly Granny? G-R-A-I-N-N-E. It looks like, but it's probably like green. Probably. Her husband supposedly heard her scream as she was washing clothes down at Glenall Loft County, Leitrim, and came to her aid. When he got there, she was already dead. With the Dwarku upon her bloody and manipulated and mutilated body. <laughs> <laughs> her manipulated body. Okay. Hey, it could have been. It could. It probably was. <laughs> <laughs> the man killed the Dwarku by stabbing it in the heart. As it died, it made a whistling noise, and its mate arose from the loft. And its mate chased the man, but after a long and bloody battle, he killed it as well. Another one was recorded by Miss Walkington in 1896, edition of the Journal of the Royal Society of Antiquaries of Ireland. Miss Walkington described it as being half wolf dog and half fish. A few months afterward, Mr. Which half was H fish? Okay, go. You have no idea. <laughs> I don't. Did you see pictures of it? We had like a picture. Uh, yes, it. it actually kind of looks like an otter. But if you, I mean, we do look, be social media, so some of them, everybody, look like find some kind picture. of weird monster. There's no picture of the puka Kylie. Go. It's a horse. But Black Beauty, I'm just gonna post a picture of grass in Ireland for Robin. <laughs> no, it has to be eating somebody. Go. <laughs> so okay. a few months afterward. Mr. H. Chaster Hart responded to Miss Walkington's letter. He said that he heard rumors about a gruesome creature called the Dwarku, which is said to be king of all lakes and father of all otters. The creature is believed to live in many lakes around Ireland. Sarheen's a chill island in County Mayo is where the largest number of as yet unsubstantiated modern population of Duarku live in. Sarheen's Loft, though it is unbelieved that they are migratory, not living in the lake all the year. Wait, so they move around? Yes. They don't yeah. stay, like, I guess if the climate or something drops, they might move to warmer, colder. I'm well, seriously, I'm picturing something like cat dog, only dog otter. Well, it, and I'm wondering how yeah, they get stuck in the water. I know, but how does it? Okay. Just I don't go. know. It doesn't say it has legs. It teleports. It's mystical. It teleports. As recently as 2000, Irish artist Sean Cochran and his wife claimed to have witnessed a sighting in a lake on Omi Island in. 
Connemara County, Galway. Cochran describes it as large, dark, and with orange flippers. Orange flippers. <laughs> That's what we had when we were kids. Sorry. So <laughs> I thought it was half otter. Wow, this story. Half daughter. Half daughter. Half daughter. <laughs> and half son. Yes. <laughs> the creature reports Cochrane swam the width of a lake from west to east in what seemed like a matter of a few seconds. Cochrane concludes that it finally leapt onto a huge boulder and before disappearing gave the most haunting screech. Oh. And from the YouTube video, that's all you could basically hear. The well, one. the screeching? Yes. Oh. And the people screaming. Oh, because it was that. like, I don't know when it was posted, but we'll have somebody probably share it on social media somewhere. Kylie. Kylie will share it. On social media. Yeah. And Kylie. Media. And Brandy. I show up and do my part. <laughs> they won't let me do anything else. Uh, this is a story as related by local storyteller Owen McGowan of the town of Honlish, Kinloff County, Leitrim. Grace McLaughlin, known as Grace or Granny, I'm going to call her Granny, Conley at the time married women kept their maiden names. Lived in the town of the Cravella which is close to the border of Leitrim and Sligo and on the northwestern part of Glenald Lake. On September 22, 1722, Grace came down to the lake to bathe and perhaps wash some clothes. While she was doing this... She came down to bathe and maybe, maybe she was going to do some clothes. Well, possibly, because uh, I know I started off with this story, but this goes into more detail about what happened. Uh-huh. So they think she came down to bathe or washed clothes. They don't really know what happened. While she was doing this, a huge monster emerged from the water and savagely attacked, then killed Grace. She was later found by her husband, Terrence. Terrence saw her bloody body on the side of the lake. <laughs> and to his horse, saw the huge beast, which had killed his wife, lying asleep across her body. Wow. <laughs> just stayed there. <laughs> I was like, Damn, I'm, I'm tired now. I'm tired. Food coma. Did it eat her? Did it eat her? Did it? Well, I think it, it goes on her. to tell. Okay. okay. There's still like a page and a quarter of another one. What? Dylan took out that much? Heartbroken with grief <laughs> and furious, Terrence knew at once that it was a Dewarku. Terrence immediately found his dagger and killed the monster. However, as is usual with this kind of creature, during its death, it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're not, not, not going to say it doesn't type very well, apparently. <laughs> My computer doesn't type very well. During its death, it lets out a high pitched whistle, which alerted its mate to what was happening. A second door could emerged at once from the depths of the lake. Terrified, Terrence took his heels and, jumping on a horse, began to ride for his life as the second Dwarku pursued him. He's on a puka. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't say that he took a horse to founder. That's right. So. He, the puka showed up and was like, hey, buddy, <laughs> i get you out of here. Terrence rode for many miles with the Dwarku chasing behind him. A local man, Patrick DeHardy, now deceased, 
told historian and folklorist Joe McGowan the story of the chase. It started at Frank McSherry's, McSherry's of Point Glenhall, faltered and ended closely by Cashel Cahorn Stone Fort in County Sligo at the Blacksmith's Forge. After being chased for miles, Terence was obliged to stop and have his horse reshoed. The blacksmith, the wise man, his shoes out. Well, he rode him when for many miles. Wouldn't put up with that. <laughs> it doesn't say exactly how many miles he rode to well, get to the blacksmith. His horse had to get reshoed. He had some weight. Oh yeah, <laughs> he, they, he was putting distance. <laughs> The blacksmith, the wise man, knew the ways of this creature. He gave Terence a sword and told him, when the creature charges, he'll put his head right through the horse. As soon as he does this, you be quick and cut his head off. Yeah. Terence, still is on his horse, stood his ground near the forge. The huge beast came at full charge. Like a huge dog in the water. <laughs> The huge beast came at full charge, then it put its head right through the horse, as predicted by the blacksmith. This time, however, Terence was ready. Determined to avenge his wife's murder, Terence put his sword through the Dewarku's head, killing it instantly. Wow. There is a further ghoulish detail to back up the story. The grave of Grace Connolly actually exists. What's more... Carved on her head tombstone is a detailed description of her killer, the Dwarku. It is located in Conwall Cemetery in the townland of Dr Durham, Durham, Drummond, which is near the village of Kinloff, and it's part of the approach of the Valley of Glenald. The tomb itself is so old that most of the written details are ineligible. However, Grace's name and that of her husband can be made out. The carved image of the Dwarku is much clearer. The creature is decapitated, laying down with its head and neck flung backwards so that it lays flat. So they're not hard to kill, necessarily. Along its back and its death. A spear-like weapon is shown piercing the base of the creature's neck, re-emerging below its body and gripped by a human's fist at the upper end. Also, and less well-known, both the Dwarhu and the McLaughlin's horse are buried in County Sligo, not far from the Cashelgarron Stone Fort, where they were both killed. Wait, what? Who killed the horse? Did the Dwarhu kill the horse? I'm the Dwarhu did. Because the blacksmith told him I have so many questions. that it would charge and put its head through the horse. And that was his chance to kill it. So he sacrificed his horse to kill it. <clears throat> yes. Okay, but in the first story, like, he <laughs> came up on it and killed his woman and was standing over her manipulated body. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, I'm mad. And he killed it without any kind of distraction. So I'm very confused. That's why I wanted to go into more detail because it's one of the most stories that had the most detail in it. But also her story. Proof on the stone. Yeah. Wait, how's that proof on the stone? Her her tombstone has a picture of it on it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, a, it was engraved on it. Okay. How's that it, proof? It's more 
It's got evidence. I'm sorry. When you die, I can put anything I want on your stone. I mean, well, yeah. This was back in the 17. I'm not saying I disbelieve about the Dwarku. I'm just saying, in one instance, they're like really easy to kill. You just hulk out and kill it. And the other one, you're like, no, I'm going to reshoot this horse and then I'm going to sacrifice it so mm-hmm. I can win. Maybe, Maybe he was a littler was a guy. Maybe he was a littler guy. <laughs> He's like, I don't have muscles. I need my <laughs> Sorry, I am so not making fun of Irish people. <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> on a side note, Kai and I were just talking. I know. While, while you were reading, this is what they do. They expect you to listen to them, and then they're just like, oh, I listen to everybody. It's not my turn. Really? When did she I say was, it was manipulated? She walked. I know. Just give her a hard time. Pee. <laughs> TMI. Edit that. Kylie, we don't pee. We're podcasters. <laughs> I was mouthing. Off. <laughs> I was mouthing. I don't even know what yours is. And I thought she was calling me a bitch. <laughs> she was saying banshee. <laughs> Mouth banshee, just so I can see. That doesn't even look like bitch. It did to me. <laughs> Somebody's got a complex. 797, bitch. <laughs> okay. Now it's time for us to read our phones while Kylie reads. <laughs> I'm sorry. Now it's time for me and Robin to, to make faces across the table while Kylie reads. And, oh, and Casey. <laughs> Casey looks up from her phone. So Go. I got the banshee. <clears throat> Is anybody surprised? Okay. So a banshee is a female spirit in Irish mythology who heralds the death of a family member, usually by wailing, shrieking, or keening. So, literally, it looks like it says bean. It says Irish bean, but it's literally, this is pronounced together as banshee. Banshee. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad they changed it because banshee just does not sound scary. And Gaelic... It was a bansif. Oh, no, I like that. Um, which means Seems woman of the fairies. And it's not just because she's a um, Sith, although that's a little bit. She's a supernatural being. Obviously. Um, and she warns certain families of pure Irish descent about their deaths. Is, it, is she warning them or does she kill them? She's warning them. Um, her name is connected to the mytholo- mythological important um, mounds. What? That dot- Wait, what? <laughs> they're, they're mounds that dot the Irish countryside. She's, she's, she's called she's, she's Fairy of the Mounds. <laughs> she's Fairy of the Mounds. Um, work it, baby. Work it. So there are many different descriptions of the Banshee. Sometimes she has long streaming red hair. I have a question. Not red hair. She wears a gray cloak and a green dress. Wow. That was racist. No, her She's eyes Irish are red. red hair. Her eyes are red for weeping. But like they're red around them or they're like they're, her eyes are actually red? Because um, that does not cause your eyes to turn red. I mean, I she's a mythological a being, so her eyes can be purple. She's a mythological being. Hey, I have a question. Okay. Why is she, what is it, queen of the mounds? Area of the mouse? Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> like, what are, what are the mouse? Like, hills. Well, uh, I know what it is. Because fairies live underground. And they live in, like, sorry, Ireland, hobbit-like areas. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Anyways, sometimes she has long streaming hair and wears a gray cloak over a green dress. Her eyes are red from crying. She may be dressed in Her white. Her eyes are red because okay, she's no, a supernatural being. She may be dressed in white with red hair and a ghastly complexion. Wow. Sometimes she the band she, Sometimes the band she assumes the form of some sweet singing virgin of the family who died young Why? and has been given a mission by the invisible powers to become the hair bringer. Of coming doom to her mortal Arbinger. kindred. Whatever. You Hey, you corrected <laughs> me on uh, Solomon. And you said, whatever. I did not. I said, it doesn't look like that. Well, it doesn't look like that either. Well, um, it's Harbinger. She may be seen at night. You said Harbinger. As a There's shrouded woman crouched beneath the trees. Um, what decides what she looks like? I'm just wondering. Is there like a, is there a, a rhyme or reason? Like sometimes she's the young virgin, sometimes she's the crouchy old woman. I mean, crouched. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And sometimes she is flying past the moonlight. And I may know. Um, she's flying past the moon? Does she have a bird? Um, Does she have a mortar and pestle? I don't know, but she cries bitterly. Well, yeah, because her, um, her eyes are glowing red. She's very sad. The cry of this spirit is mournful beyond all other sounds <laughs> on earth. <laughs> And betoken certain death to some members of the family whenever it is heard in the silence of the night. Loki's trying to give you background. Music. Most, though not all, all surnames associated with fancy banshees have the O, Mick, or Mac prefix. Cool. We're Murphys. We're good. Um, it used to be O Murphy back in the day. <coughs> how do you know? Because I looked it up. <laughs> Our family or just, how is it O Murphy? What I don't does know. That even I would mean? have to trace our stuff back. But, good luck. Um, but also, you know, Murphy, but if you've got that bloodline in you at all from an O, a Mick, or an Axe. So the Banshees and the Pookas are coming for you, but the Hungry Grass can't find you because uh, it's only in Ireland. But, well, and the Otter Dogs are... Well, no. <laughs> they can, one, we can kill them easy. One, she has limitations um, that I'll go on to later. Um, anyways. She was a crouchy old woman. Yeah. The, the surnames... Yes. Okay. Indicating a family native to the Celtic lands rather than those okay. of the North English <laughs> or Norman. That yeah, makes sense. Accounts reach as far back as 1380 to the publication of the Triumphs of Torlu by Sh Sean McCarth Macrath, something like that. Mentions of banshees can also be found in. Norman literature of the time. Norman literature? Well, I know the Vikings tried to invade because King Brian kept them out. So I could understand how their mythologies might have mixed. Okay, so one banshee is thought to be named um, Abel, Abel, and she is, is one of them, Willie. <laughs> she is the ruler of the other 25 banshees. She's the ruler of the other 25 nations. Because she's able. It's possible that this particular story is Wait, the source of 25? the idea. There's only 25? The, There's only 25 banshees? 26? She's the ruler of the other 25. Does she, okay, yeah, that's fair. She's still a banshee. Okay, so there's um, only 26 banshees ever? I don't know. Is it possible that this particular story is the source of the idea of the um, whirling of numerous banshees signifies the death of a great person? So basically it's asking... Um, or stating that that's why, because you ha each family has a specific banshee assigned to them. You have a family banshee. So there's only 26. I doubt we're in the mix then. 
There's a lot of families in there. Yeah, but anything, if we're even mixed with anything, then, oh, you've got that blood in you. You count. I don't know what we're mixed with. <laughs> in some but there's parts, only 26 banshees, so I'm not worried. In some parts of Leinster, she is referred to as the keening woman whose whale can be so piercing that it shatters glass. Okay, but I thought, and, and you may get to this, but I thought the banshee's whale was like, Painful. I thought it could like damage a person or kill them. I have stories, but we'll get there. In Ireland, a traditional part of mourning is the keening woman who wells. This keening woman may come in cases. May come in cases as a professional. I don't know. That makes no sense. A professional what? Oh, a professional keener. Okay. <laughs> Wait, the they best, have professional keeners. And the best keeners. What? Um, the best keeners would be in high demand. Like, Irish legends. They hire people to keen. That's a job. Irish legends speak of There's a, a lamb, lot of people in America of a lamb get that job being sung by a fairy woman or banshee. She would sing it when a family member died or was about to die, or even if the per person Wait, had died far away and the news of their death had not come to the family yet. Is she singing? Or is in those cases, her wailing would not be the first warning the house had of the death. Would be the first warning. So, yeah, when somebody passed far away and. You hear a banshee, and you're like, well, nobody here's dead, and you call your whole family, and nobody's dead, and they're like, hey, Brian over here in America's dead, and you're like, oh, yeah, I kind of figured somebody did, because we heard a banshee last night. But it says she was singing. Mm -hmm. She didn't sing. She's called a keening woman. Keening is crying. It's yeah. not singing. It is to some people. It's her it's song. Not. It's her song. That's how she sings. I mean, this is the song of my people. The Banshee is also a predictor of death. If someone is about to enter a situation where it's unlikely they will come out alive, she will warn people by screaming or wailing, giving rise to a Banshee, also be known as the Wailing Woman. Why, did, why doesn't she say words? Can she not talk? I don't know. I guess not. It's often stated that the Banshee only laments only the descendants of, you know, the best stock of Ireland, sometimes clarified Again, as surnames, no. prefixes with O and Mac. And some accounts McMurphy. even state <laughs> that each family has its own banshee. One account, however, also included the Geraldines. That goes back to yes, yours. Mm -hmm. um, as they had apparently become more Irish than the Irish themselves. Wow, more Irish than the Irish themselves. So I'm wondering, Counting. is it really only like one banshee per family or is it like hey you number one banshee you get a through c <laughs> you banshee you get that would be messed up though because if all them families that start with oh something somebody would get somebody would get hammered like i'd be keening everywhere <laughs> the lore ascribing banshees exclusively to those of irish stock yeah when I don't know why it keeps repeating itself, but it does. When several banshees appear at once, it indicates the death of someone great or holy. But is it in the family? Or are they just... Because I thought they were assigned to a specific family. If they're all crying over somebody great or holy, that's not a specific family. That's just... I'm sure that it was somebody's specific family that they were assigned well, to. Yeah, but several of them are singing. You said one banshee per family. One banshee was... Just like now, all okay. the banshees are singing. They're well, like, this guy is like, they're like, hey, King Brian died. Now we all get to cry together. Come on. <laughs> well, I would say that they would because he's the head honcho guy. Um, the tales sometimes recount that the woman, though called a fairy, was a ghost, often specific 
often a specific murdered woman or mother who died in childbirth. Wait, what? Yeah, but there's 26 of them. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, is you could it's be gross. distant relatives and still have the same banshee. It's not going to be. I don't like what you said. That. Did you see what you did with your mouth? Okay, but what? 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 There's twenty. <laughs> there's twenty six ghosts. There's twenty six women who died in childbirth. I mean, that's from a different thing. families. But what if the family's mixed and now they have two banshees? <laughs> then they have two banshees. <laughs> Thus, the twice singing at a holy person. That that would explain it. There's a lot of family mixing going on here. The banshee roams the countryside and can be heard wailing when she predicts a death. The word banshee comes from the Irish word "beansy." I thought she was. Banshee, I thought she was born in the family. Why is she roaming the countryside crying? Well, I mean, most people lived in the countryside. I know that, but she's um, like walking all over. Oh wait, no. The O'Learys live here, 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 and here. She's got to cover the some fairy ground. Mounds. Sorry, O'Learys. I'm she not singling you out. She can appear in a number of guises as a beautiful young woman. We heard that. A stately matron, or as an ugly, frightening hag. Crotchety <laughs> old woman. Wow. Why? Why? Okay. I, a bunch of mine look like hags that I've done. Yaga. Oh, she okay. I was hag. getting ready to say, we've been hearing hag a lot. Yeah, I almost got something against Sorry, hags. I just on my notes. I hope they don't run. Russia. Um, also has some she is usually dressed in gray or white hood cloak. While not always seen, her morning cries can usually be heard at night. Those who claim to have seen her describe long hair, which she runs a comb through, similar to tearing the hair out in anguish. So she's like... So she's running around crying and pulling <laughs> her hair. It's believed that each family listed has their own banshee, mainly Irish families. The O'Neills, the O'Connors, the O'Briens, the O'Grady's, and the Kavanaugh's. Okay, wait. This list varies so on who not, is telling the story as um, so many includes doesn't get stuck families. with all the O's. The list varies based on who's I know, the story. and it didn't include the Mac families. Okay, so now McDonald's. we're going to story. In the lore, banshees are always female, but can take... Many forms, names, and powers depending on the particular local tradition. Wait, powers? Mm -hmm. Wait, what? In some tales, she is depicted as a filthy old hag, whereas in others, she is... Oh, now she's dirty. She's not only <laughs> ugly and old, but now she's dirty. Okay. In others, she is said to appear as a young maiden of exceptional beauty, and still others, to and, others she and is very more well animalistic watched. or monstrous with the head of a bird or hair. Rabbit bun. I was getting ready to say, what? <laughs> she's an animal okay. from the Muppets. Here is an old... An old description of a banshee sighting states, It was a woman of no earthly type, with a queer-shaped, gleaming face, a mass of red hair, and eyes that would have been beautiful but for their expression, which was hellish. She what? had on a green hood after the fashion of an Irish peasant. Okay, well, no wonder she had a hood on. She had a queer-shaped head. <laughs> the clothing, and eye and color, a, and hair differ depending on the tail, and likewise, the size of the banshee can range wildly from a towering eight foot or more down to a Diminutive three or four feet. They are, like tiny. they are often said to have a rival preceded by crows, screeching cats, or howling dogs. No matter what form she takes. She Stop. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Okay. I just have to take a minute because the job of the banshee, like their sole purpose from what I've heard so far, is to come in and warn the family 
that somebody in the family's died. Mm-hmm. But before the banshee comes, her arrival is heralded by crows and what? Stretching cats or um, howling dogs. So why does she even show up? Like the crow, like, oh, the crows are crying and a banshee's coming, somebody's dead. And then the banshee comes and makes your ears bleed anyway. And it's like, what? No, because the crows told me, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm confused. No matter I'm confused. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I know when an ambulance is coming because my dogs start howling way before they hit my road. No matter what form. Okay, but the ambulance has to come. <laughs> She's coming to warn you that somebody in your family's died. The, crow, the crows, like, circle in, and it's like, um, a banshee's coming. Somebody died, and the banshee shows up and goes, oh, and you go, just wait. You don't have to cry. I know. It's sad. Thanks for coming. Have a good day. No matter what form she takes, she's always considered to be a grim harbinger. Harbinger? Whatever. <laughs> harbinger. Well, listen, in America, the ING makes an ing sound. It's harbinger. Um, yeah, but it has an E on it. Yeah. Harbinger. Harbinger. Bringer. No. <laughs> there's no R. Yeah, there is. Well, I can't read. No, there's not. It's not hard bringer. It's piercing the night with her. It's B-I-N-G-E-R. On this house. house. <laughs> of course, this all <laughs> sounds like a scary story. But there have actually been numerous accounts of real encounters with the Wailing Banshee, or at least something very much like it, going all the way up to modern times. One popular account mentioned in the book, True Irish Ghost Stories, supposedly occurred back in the early 1900s <gasps> when a member... Oh it's actually this last century. When a member of a family in Duh. Cork told of how her esteemed family had been plagued by a banshee, she says of these incidents. Wait, why was she plagued? Did everybody die? What? They're only supposed to show up to warn you of death. <laughs> the family was plagued by a banshee. Like she showed up and she sang a lot. So she just wouldn't shut up. She wasn't she wasn't she wasn't heralding anything. Bitch just wanted to come in and annoy some people. No, I mean she was probably No, no, you just said. Yeah. Bitch just went, you know what? <laughs> that little bitch in that house looked weird at me. I'm going to go there every night. People ain't sleeping for a decade. My mother, when a young girl was standing looking out of the window in their See, house. See, I told you, that little girl. She's like, at Black bitch. Rock near Cork. She suddenly saw a white figure standing on a bridge, which was easily visible from the house. What? The figure waved her arms towards the house, and my mother oh, heard this bridge. Bitter wailing of the mansion. It could be seen from the house. I know that, but I do not far away. A white arm. Mwah. Hey, what? <laughs> well, that's how we live by the river bend. <laughs> and so, we're we're on the it was the river band. Um, anyway, it lasted some seconds and then the figure disappeared. The next morning, my grandfather was walking as usual into the city out of court or into the city of court. He accidentally fell, hit his head against the curbstone, and, and died. Never recovered. In March of Sherry's louder when she's trying not to let me interrupt her. So the banshee came to tell him that granddad was dying. Yeah. But he or didn't. did she trip him? He did. He never recovered. Was it going over the bridge? He oh, did. But no. Was it going over the if bridge? he never recovered, that doesn't mean that means he that means he died. He his head hit the curbstone. But he, he could never have just gone all crazy in the head. The banshee's saying he's dead. <laughs> That's not necessarily true because the bitch was singing all the time. He never recovered consciousness. He's dead. You never Wait. said consciousness. Well, I meant to, but you said he never recovered. <laughs> he never recovered consciousness. <laughs> what you said? There's because, words. Because as soon as I was about to say it, somebody interrupted. <laughs> because I wanted to know: Was Grandpa was Grandpa walking across the bridge? Did she trip him? 
Is this the one that was just coming in and he hit plaguing his head people? against the curb stone, so I'm going to assume he was close to the scene. I'm so it, it sounds like he, the banshee was foretelling. Yeah, they foretell of death or as somebody's dying or somebody's dead that's not near you. Or did she be like, next person coming out of this house is going to die? And she tripped grandpa and made him fall. <laughs> in March of March. And then she's like, bam, see, told you. In March of 1900, my mother was very ill. And one evening, I don't think it was 1900. And you said it was in the 1900s. That's early 1900s. Yeah, early 1900s, but I don't think it was 1900. Well, it says it. I know. <laughs> Anyways, my mother was very ill, and one evening the nurse and I were with her, arran oh. rearranging her bed. The banshee's coming. We Mom, suddenly heard the most extraordinary wailing, which seemed to come in waves around and under her bed. We naturally looked everywhere and tried to find the source. Did we look under her bed? But in vain. They tried to find the source, but in vain. The nurse and I looked at one another, but made no remark as my mother didn't seem to hear anything. My sister was downstairs sitting with her father. She heard it and thought some terrible things had happened to her little boy who was in bed upstairs. She rushed up and found him sleeping. My father did not hear it in the house next door. They heard it and ran downstairs thinking something had happened to the servant. But the latter at once said to them, did you hear the banshee? Miss P must be dying. Wait, what? Have you watched the Charmed episode? Of the Banshee? Yes. Where they turned into Banshees. Yes. yes. The, the one, um, Phoebe, she turned into the Banshee. She couldn't hear the Banshee scream, but everybody else could. That's kind of... When she turned into the Banshee, she couldn't hear him scream? Mm -hmm. Like right before she turned into the Banshee. She didn't That's hear because she was, she was very depressed because cold. Yeah. But the Banshee <clears throat> still, they fought her and she ended up turning into one. Yeah. And become a Banshee and then... The, the, banshee, the Banshees and Supernatural doesn't make sense to me either, but that's okay. Banshee, wait, did you stop? Because Banshees in your story ain't making sense to me. Because I'm going back. No, no, I'm going back to Mom. Mom's in bed. We hear the weird well and waves coming from everybody. Sister's downstairs. She hears it. Mom don't hear it. But sister hears it. And sister's like, oh, shit, something happened to my little boy, even though Mom's upstairs very sick. What? <laughs> what? Service next door here. Everybody on the block knows Mom is sick. Everybody does, because that's how it works in these little towns. But everybody's like, oh, it's the servant. Oh, it's the little boy. What about the sick lady upstairs? Let's go check on her. I'm just saying. <laughs> they didn't think it was a banshee at what? first. Uh, the sister downstairs didn't think it was a banshee. She thought, you know, at the beginning of your story, oh, you said the banshee had a very specific whale. Not specific. It's whaling. Like, different stories described by the sound differently. Okay, so people in Ireland are just walking around wailing all the time. <laughs> or, they're all from different families, and all banshees are different. <laughs> okay, but still, that's a... I'm just saying, everybody around here heard the wailing, and everybody was like, oh, it ain't the sick lady upstairs, it's somebody else. No, everybody else is saying that. It was her, but you know. No, no. Mother, somebody like, thought it was the servant. Mother, somebody no, thought it was the little the boy. The servants heard it next door. No, they heard it next door and thought something happened to the servant. Read it. <clears throat> Thinking something had happened to the servant, but the latter at Bite once me. said to them, but the latter at once said to them, did you hear that banshee Miss P must but the be ladder? The, the servant. The servant went, you stupid idiots. That was a banshee well. Something must have happened to the lady who's <laughs> sick next door. Get the fuck away from me. I'm fine. But the sister's a mom, so her first instinct is, oh shit, my child. That would be my first instinct. She's also a daughter. Okay. And her mother's sick upstairs. I'm sitting downstairs. And my child is asleep Wait, upstairs. I'm more no. worried about Sid's. 
Wow. Wow. I gave birth to this person. I mean, yeah, she gave birth to me. I get it. I'm no, oh, no, no. It's too late. Mom's upstairs sick. And my kids the person who gave asleep. me life is upstairs sick. But I hear a banshee well, and I'm going to be like, oh, shit. It came from my little healthy boy. Let me go up there. No, okay, bitch, well, it's your mom. He could have had SIDS. He could have hit his head on the side of something and died. Like, And I'm not saying that's not valid. That would be what I'm saying. That's your first instinct? Would be to check on the kid. Holy shit. They, even though they have a distinct... Your mom is sick. Your mom is upstairs bedridden sick. Even and your first instinct is to go, oh, dad, did you hear that banshee? I'm going to go check on my little boy. They seem yeah. to have a distinct crying. So normally nobody really knows exactly about the banshee because I think that they sound more like a kid crying. Mm-hmm. And have you heard one? <laughs> well, charmed, but that's about it. I thought they had a very screeching okay, sound that hurt you. On, I got, Wait, I'm, I have to finish I got like six pages of stories. Listen, I understand that, and I'm going to interrupt you on if they don't make sense to me. What I'm saying is, right here in this house right now, there are, there are children asleep. Yes. If a banshee started wailing right now, nobody in the house is sick. I can see the three of you. I can see going, oh, shit, my kid. If you were in the other room sick... <laughs> and I heard weird wailing. I'm not gonna go. Oh crap! The kids. I'm gonna go. Wait. Oh no! Casey's dying because she was the one who was sick. Now, if I ran in your room and you're smiling like, "Ooh, I feel better," then I'm gonna feel stupid. I'm gonna go but you're gonna be the first person I come to. Not me. Kylie's like, fuck off, I'm going to check the boys. 1894, the odd experience of a boy at boarding school. Uh-oh. A few years Uh-oh. ago, yeah, a, few, a few years ago, a curious incident occurred in a public school. This is public school, but it's, it was a boarding school. It's not public. Um, boarding schools are public? That means it's not private. You don't have to be a special family or... Um, stature to get into it. Yeah, but the way it was written and the comments that were left on it were like, so did he stay at school? Or no. So it was a boarding school. Boarding schools can be public school. Okay. But today, no. Because you have to pay money to stay at a boarding school. Yeah, It's still a public school. In 1899. 1894. 1894. But the thing is, is the comment section said, so was it a boarding school or no? So I'm just clarifying. It was a boarding school. Even though it says public school, which today when you say public school, you think mainstream school. If you're everybody American, rides a bus to it. If you're in America. Okay, so that was the comment. So I'm just clarifying Bunch that. of Americans clarifying. commenting. Um, so anyways, in connection with the belief of the Banshee, one of the boys was becoming ill, was at once placed in a room by himself where he used to sit all day. On one occasion... No. <laughs> on one occasion... As he was being visited by the doctor, he suddenly stared up from his seat and affirmed that he had heard somebody crying. The doctor, of course, who could hear or see nothing, came to the conclusion that the illness had slightly affected his brain. However, crazy. the boy who appeared quite sensible still persisted that he heard someone crying and furthermore said, it's the Banshee, and I have heard it before. Okay, wait. He's staring up at the ceiling hearing stuff that he, nobody else can hear, but he appeared quite sensible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The following morning, 
<laughs> what they're saying, he wasn't somebody that was like, we gotta lie, this, that, and the other. He's a little boy, he's gonna lie. Anyways, the following morning, the headmaster received a telegram saying that the boy's brother had been accidentally shot dead. That's the end of that story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> What do you, do you hear? What I hear? Well, nope. Must just be your family, so, kid. Hope you feel better. Story one: the neighbors can hear it. Story two: nobody can hear it. He was at kid. school, and he's the only one that can hear it. Well, but it okay, but that's fair. Shot. That's fair because he's in a public school. You think more people would hear? Not if they weren't related to him. Well, the okay, so neighbors. the neighbors were related to her. <laughs> the neighbors obviously <laughs> weren't related to her because they thought it was the servant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next one. Um, it was a it was a distant wail in my head that nobody could hear. <laughs> Two spooky accounts of what seems to be banshees. Of what house. seems to be banshees. So here's the first one. Happened along a dark cemetery road called Old Howard People Street. always go into cemeteries at the dark. In the we town to of Fulton Place. It was here that an elderly man was suddenly bedridden by some mysterious wait what disease. The yeah, busy. So he was veteran. After which, scores of squawking crows have been congregating around the home for reasons hey, no one could fathom. Because the crows are harbingers. One evening, when the man had visitors over, um, in what seemed to be his last hours, there was an apparent knock at the door. When one of the visitors opened the door, she saw an old hag-like woman with long hair that was it's as white. As the long dress she wore, who was oh, wringing her hands and sobbing, only to turn to come rushing at the house with an ear-splitting scream before vanishing into thin air. The old man died a few hours later. Well, hell story. yeah. I'd die too. What the so hell? Wait. Somebody went upstairs and told me that happened? He lived on a cemetery road? Or they were walking? He was walking along the cemetery road when he was suddenly bedridden with a debilitating disease. That's what I thought. He fell over on the road and they had to come get him because he couldn't get up because he was bedridden. And he, then, he lived on the cemetery road. It happened um, along a dark cemetery road. He lived on the road. You didn't say he lived there. You said it happened along. That's what I would assume is that he lived there. Well, then why wouldn't they say? Well, no, that's not what happened. Storytellers, <laughs> that's why. That's okay. not what happened. The second one. A woman in the town of Bogside who claimed the encounter had been witnessed by her grandfather and his son. The grandfather had been having severe pain in his tooth at the time. Wait, do they cooperate? But had been putting <laughs> off seeing a dentist about it. One evening, the son was walking along when he heard wailing sound coming from Grandpa the Grandpa died from a sore tooth. Which seemed to be coming from a hunched over figure he took to be a crying child. But as he drew closer, he soon saw it was actually a hideous, dirty old hag, old woman as... The sun approached, the ancient-looking woman cried out and vanished. The son was sure the lady had been a banshee and tried to warn his father to go see the dentist, but he died before he could. Um, <laughs> Told him, Dad died of sore tooth. How rude. <laughs> so this one, a Reddit user relayed a terrifying experience from her mother about their family's experience with banshees. Some people believe in banshees and only some families get them. I live in Ireland and my mother comes from a very old Irish family with written history going back centuries. They get visited by paranormal spirits in numerous ways, but one of those is a banshee. She had heard about them like when her uncle died and her father was visited that night. It first visited after she got married. In the middle of the night, it started wailing at the top of the stairs at her bedroom. My father got up and noticed the bedroom door ajar. 
<laughs> on your wedding night to finish you stand it outside your bedroom door. Well, something ain't right here. Get a divorce. He Get went out to the stairs and caught a glimpse of it before it disappeared and the wailing stopped. Before morning, she got a phone call that her father had died. I believe it's appeared twice more over the years. The last time in January of this year, I don't know when this was posted. And as she walked her dog, a howl came from nearby. She she knew what it was and ran back home. Our very close friend and neighbor dropped dead suddenly the next morning. Wait, a dog howl? Yeah. A dog howl and she somebody was, died. She was walking her dog and a howl came from nearby. Okay, I was like. Most don't believe, and it seems people don't get these death warnings anymore, so most joke about it. I'm naturally a skeptical person about anything, but in our family, the mention of a banshee will send a shiver up the spine. We don't question it, and we don't joke about it. I'm joking all <laughs> about it. Okay. I'm sorry, because there's no rhyme or reason. story, I think. Another report from your ghost stories, I guess. From my ghost stories? Sweet. <laughs> It's from a witness that says her family was haunted by Banshee when she was a young girl in Ireland. As a child, haunted by. How many people died? Did somebody die every time that Banshee showed up? As a child, I remember my grandmother telling me that my grandfather had taken ill back in the back room of the house. She was attending to him when she heard a long banging on the front, a loud banging on the front door, and left my grandfather to go answer. As she approached the door, she heard a sobbing noise coming from outside. But on opening the door, there was no one. She immediately went back to my grandfather, finding him stone dead in the bed. Okay. So I'm wondering at this point, and I'm sorry, Kylie, because I know this is your last story, but I'm wondering at this point, why are they coming up with the banshee as the harbinger of death or the heralder of death when the banshee could really be causing death? Like somebody comes and knocks on the door or the crows fly or whatever, and you're distracted. You walk away from whoever's sick or whatever, and then you come back and they're dead. The puka came in the window and killed them. I'm just kidding because the puka didn't <laughs> harm anybody. But some crazy shit's going on because why aren't they dying while you're standing there? And also, why? Why are you going to answer the door? Fast forward to November 2001. I was in my grandmother's house. She had only been given a few days to live, and my father thought it was a good idea to come and say my last goodbyes. Rather unfortunately, she was going through a slow, painful death. I remember going to her bedroom and feeling very cold. As my grandmother's breathing became more shallow, my dad said it was better that I sit in the front room. He called my aunt's boyfriend and asked him to come pick me up. While I was waiting, I heard the door. I heard a knock at the door. I assumed it was my aunt's boyfriend. As I approached the door, I could hear her crying. When I touched the door to unlock and open it, I felt a chill run down my spine. There was no one there. Almost instantaneously, I heard a mixture of prayers and sobbing coming from the back room. I knew she was gone, and as I closed the door, I saw a glimpse of a tall, thin woman sitting and crying on the neighbor's wall. That's creepy. Why is it creepy? Because it was sitting on the neighbor's wall. Well, you know, like. <clears throat> Maybe they didn't have a wall. Like, you know how it was like. Some places, the garage door, and they build the wall. They build the wall of the garage out, but down at the same time. Or it could have just been because in Ireland, they have a lot of brick walls to hold up, True. like, the land. So it would be like this. And it would be holding up the thing, like the front yard's here, and you could walk to the edge of the thing, so you could just sit down on it. Yeah, that's all. I thought you were going to tell me about banshees who made your ears bleed. There was no stories about banshees that make your ears bleed. No, I know, and I because I asked you at the beginning, and you go, "I have stories," so you got my hopes up, and then you let me down. <laughs> well, I mean, I was saying, you know, we would find out if they did that before. Okay, so thank you to our guest. 
Thanks, Casey. It You're was so great to have you here. Okay, we'll be back with us at a later. Anyways, <laughs> that's our Irish cryptid. Thanks for listening to our Irish cryptid tale. Thanks for Kate. Thanks to Casey. Thanks for Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Casey, for um, joining us and telling us about the Dwahu. I'm not saying it right. Don't care. Carbringer. <laughs> <laughs> We hope you learned something new. We hope we didn't slaughter it too bad. I know we didn't pronounce some of the words right. Me. Me. The other two, too. They just, they're not going to, but yeah, I'm not going to tell you how many many you pronounce wrong. (laughs) Anyway, we hope you listen to us next week. No idea what's playing. We're recording these out of order. But, I mean, it'll be a surprise for us all. <laughs> if you have any requests, you can email them to us or contact us on social media. Our email address is notyournormalparanormal3 at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at notnormparanorm. And thank you to those who have submitted requests. And we've done those, and they will be out um, soon. I think one <laughs> one's coming out the week before you hear this. Um, the other one's coming out in February. <laughs> By the time you hear this, one's already come out. <laughs> We're time traveling, people. We are. We are time traveling all over the place. <laughs>